Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. And remember, if you have any questions for us here on The Retirement Solution, you can always drop us an email through our website at retirementsolutionradio.com. Coming to you on this tax week and doing this annual chore, John, I was kind of reminded of the days when my financial life was a lot simpler and I could just fill out that easy form. But here we are today. There's nothing easy about this today. Like Sunday morning, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that song has not been in radio play for a while, JP. (laughs) And they're going to change it back. They're going to change it. But but the whole point is, is that there are no more easy days of taxes. Well, no, no, hold on. There are easy days. You could just go into one of those places that get some crazy waiver out there, you know, telling you they're going to give you some free biscuits and gravy if you go in (laughs) and you can pay 20 times more for your taxes. And that's perfectly fine. And you can sit there and go on and maybe eat some snacky popcorn. And then when it's done, you might think that's easy. But here's the problem. What we're finding, Jennifer, more and more people are doing these things that we've done in the past and they're getting worse results. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the tax planning. And and forget who does it. Forget forget if anyone even does. But how would you like to just go and make something easy but have a terrible result? <laughs> Let's do it this way. Let's say we're going to the movies, okay? okay? So we're going to the movies. Any of us, think about the last time we went to the movies. But you went and you paid whatever you did. Maybe you got a matinee rate. You're feeling great. You paid less. Let's say free popcorn that day. Nice. Even for, maybe even a free beverage. And wow. you're sitting in there and the movie is just terrible. <laughs> it's, it's like the worst thing you could ever imagine. Take your, the worst thing you can imagine. Now, since I have young kids, the worst thing I can imagine is a child show. But here's the thing. <laughs> but it's subtitled. It's all in <laughs> Spanish or it's French or German. That's the worst. Because listening to German, uh, listen, my, my family is from Germany. Yes. But listening to German as it's being spoken with subtitles is the worst thing <laughs> in the history of life. It sounds so mean. It's so, it's like, oh, schnack, no, 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 no. And what they're saying is, oh, have a nice day, Tilly Winky, or whatever they're saying. never know it. So a kid's show in German would be the worst (laughs) thing I could listen to ever in my life, subtitled, even if I had free popcorn and beverage. And my point is, is this is what we're doing when it comes to taxes. It's absolutely terrible what we've gotten ourselves into because we're wasting time and money and resources, Jennifer. We're wasting time and money and resources because we should be not just going and having someone fill out a stupid form like we did when we were little. You just mentioned that when we were younger, earning our first wages, we have graduated to the big boy pants, the big girl pants of now it's our responsibility as an American citizen to not overpay and give Uncle Sam more than he deserves. And by the way, they write the code so that we can be smart enough to do this. And yet every day I hear people whine and moan and grumble because they don't get what's owed them. (laughs) Put your big kid pants on. That's not how this works. I got a nine-year-old. I got to say this all the time. I say this every day. Today is no different than any other day. Listen, you got to go out there and you got to put your bootstraps on (laughs) one at a time. And you got to tell Uncle Sam, this is my money and you can't have none. (laughs) No more. Sadly, sadly, it's what we got to do. But we can't do it like that. We can't go in like Clint Eastwood. We can't go in there like uh, like Dirty Harry. We, we got to go in there and play by their rules. 
Sadly, most of the people out there play by their rules and they give way too much money up. So, Jennifer, the whole point of all this soliloquy of nonsense is we can't do what we've always done if we want a different result. So if we're unhappy about the taxes we're paying, we probably need to plan for it a little bit better. And by the way, the tax plan starts now. Mm -hmm. If you haven't filed your taxes, well, you go ahead and file them. There's not a whole bunch you can do between now and then. But hopefully you file them. Hopefully you file them. <laughs> Even if you file an extension, well, well file there's something still not a lot you can do. By tomorrow midnight, but okay. For, right. But for 2019, 2019, the taxes we're going to file for this year, there's a ton we can do. Mm -hmm. But we got to understand what we're doing. Hopefully... We, we learned something from history, though, right, Jennifer? Yeah. Is there I mean, something we can learn from history? Something? I hope so. But at the same time, it's kind of discouraging because if we Ugh. think back to the last major, major changes in our tax laws, that came under which administration, John? Uh, major tax changes, Ronald Reagan, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the biggest one. The that, biggest that was the one. largest in the last well, 100 years. Right. So We're, back in the 80s, he actually addressed this issue and interesting i found uh, a clip of one of his press conferences back in the day and here's what he said about the tax code at the time keep in mind early 80s over the course of this century our tax system has been modified dozens of times and in hundreds of ways yet most of those changes didn't improve the system they made it more like washington itself complicated unfair cluttered with gobbledygook and loopholes designed for those with the power and influence to hire high-priced legal and tax advisors so, first of all, gobbledygook in a presidential speech. I love it. Why don't politicians <laughs> talk like that anymore? Right? Listening to him, I, I felt nostalgic. Mm -hmm. I mean, right out of the gate. It was like, I, it, was, it was channeling my inner, if you remember the show, do you remember the show Family Ties, Jennifer? Yes. Alex P. Keaton. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was Michael J. Fox, yeah, the actor. Yeah, his character, yes. But he played this, I don't know what you call him, neo-Republican, young, yuppie kid. But he loved Ronald Reagan. But the thing of it is, he wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. When I think back about the way that presidents used to talk, I loved it. And maybe it's just because they couldn't tweet. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's because it. they weren't <laughs> trying to be cool but steal our money behind us, which is what we've had from other administrations. Maybe that's the issue. But I, I miss that, to be honest with you. I do too. But I love what he said because if you think about it, what did Ronald Reagan say? And by the way, he did the largest tax change that the American country has ever had. And here's the reason why he did that. Guys, you got to remember, you have to understand who Ronald Reagan was. He was an actor who had six months a year to not work. Why? Because he made $100,000 every time he made a motion picture. And if he worked more than two movies a year, he made 200000 If he made a dollar more than that, he gave 90% to the federal government. 90%? 90%. Because he was in the top tax bracket. It was <gasps> he. The only reason that Ronald Reagan... And I love hearing his voice again. I want some more of those clips throughout this. This is great. Okay. But the whole idea is that the reason he ran for Senate first and then became president of the United States is because he had time to say, the government is taking our money. They're not doing the right thing for us. And I love the fact he said gobbledygook because that's exactly what we feel this nonsense is. It's no different today. We're trying as retirees or people that are just thinking about trying to make it work for ourselves. The last thing we want to think of is the government taking more from us when we feel like they deserve less. Ronald Reagan understood that and he actually initiated the greatest tax cut that we've ever seen because he knew what it was like to pay the highest marginal tax rate where 90% went to the federal government and the rest went to the state. That's right, because he lived in California at the time. True, the yeah. The state of California mm -hmm. had, a, had, had a state tax of 10%. He basically gave every single thing he made away 
when he made a certain amount. That is why capitalism guys flourished because of that tax cut. It encouraged people to create those bright ideas, those big dreams that made everything work right in the 90s and the 2000s and even now. We have a little bit of a tax reprieve. It's not a break because it goes away. Mm-hmm. It's a reprieve. We get a moment of just to catch our breath as we finish this marathon. But the point is, is that we need better capitalism, but we need a better structure to do it. The tax code is one of the best ways that we can learn to exploit and do our things better for ourselves because I don't think politicians are going to do it better. So ironically, when you think about it, so Reagan had to become president to change the rules. Mm-hmm. But what did he do to exploit the system before he became president? Uh, stop making, making movies. movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just quit making movies. But believe it or not, guys, that's what gave him the time to run for president. He had six months out of the year where he was riding around the ranch with his wife. Yeah, that's Jennifer, true. Who, who was his wife? <laughs> Before Nancy, who was the actress? I can Jane picture her. Wyman. Okay, yes. Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman. So, so his answer to this retirement solution or the solution to his issue was just to quit making movies. <laughs> I easy. wish we had that opportunity, <laughs> right? Most of us don't. So what we're going to have to do, we need to exploit the system differently. We have to play within the rules. And by the way, the rules are complex for a reason. When Reagan gave that initial speech, what he said was they make it complicated and it's gobbledygook. They do it on purpose. They do it so that the smart and the educated and the rich people can use that to their advantage. Be one of those people. You don't even have to be smart, educated, or rich. All you got to do is understand the rules. So because of that, that's what I want everyone to do. And that is our solution. We can only understand the rules and play them the best that our hand is dealt. Now, Reagan had the ability to change it. It took him nearly 20 years (laughs) by the time he did it. We don't have that long, guys. We've only got about five or six at best, assuming that we can keep this thing in gear. So here's what I would suggest. Our solution is to not just pay a preparer. We need to have our taxes planned for correctly so that we can exploit the rules like Reagan finally gave us the ability to, but this is a short window. We just got to take advantage of it, Jennifer. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. We get all kinds of questions here on the Retirement Solution, and one that I'm sure you get, John, but that you probably can't answer is, how can you make me rich? No, there's a movie about it. It's coming out. It's called Aladdin. You, You rub the lamp. Now, have you heard oh. this? So, do you know who the new uh, the new genie is? No, because it was Robin Williams last time. So uh, it was who's so good, but it was car- it, it, but it was a cartoon, so it was different. Uh-huh. So they're replacing that. Of course, if you if everyone else there knows, they take all the kids' movies. Now, listen, I know kids' movies because I got kids, <laughs> so I'm forced to watch this often. I didn't get to see any NCAA hardly this year at all because kids hijack the TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kids hijack everything. It's terrible. (laughs) So we hear the German uh, subtitled version of Teletubbies or whatever nonsense it is. (laughs) Anyway, so I I digress. So the whole point is, is that when you look at this kind of stuff, now they get Aladdin coming out, but it's live people. It's Will Smith. Will Smith is now the genie. See yeah. this, yeah, exactly. So, right. but here's how I know when someone says, "How can you make me rich?" I'm like, "Find Will Smith and see." <laughs> number one, even if he's not a genie, if he'll just hand you some cash, right? Yeah, because he's, he's got some, right? Million. But if not, then number two, see if he's got a lamp that you can rub on and maybe get some straight blue <laughs> genie juice out of there. Because I don't know, no one can make you rich. Any good, long-standing, skilled fiduciary advisor should be able to make someone very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Rich. Eh. 
Eh, it's a little bit of a different vernacular. I think we all have a different definition, too, of what rich is. And actually, the Ooh. Go Banking Rates website polled Americans on this recently, John, and they said, okay, at what level is someone really rich? So the most popular answer was that it takes a million dollars to be rich. This number didn't surprise mm. me because I think for a long time we've thought of that as a benchmark. But in your experience, since you work with a lot of people, different portfolio sizes, at what point can someone realistically stop worrying about money and feel like, okay, I may not feel rich, but I know I can make it? That's interesting because it's a very simple answer because I, I've been doing this for like I was looking 23 years. I've been doing this. Three whole years. The Ooh. interesting part about that is, is that what anyone considers the term rich to be is very different than what it would take to feel like you were just happy as a lark. Hmm. Just, just you could live anything you wanted to do. And I've given this the the, the analogy before by my granddad that w- he had pensions that no matter what happened, he had pension money that came in. He had federal pension money. He had state pension money and he had social security. My grandfather nearly had over $10,000 a month that came into his bank accounts every single month, whether he had saved a dollar or not. Wow. But let's do this because you asked me a question. I want to do that. So if you saved a million dollars, so people say, I got a million dollars. I'm a millionaire. I'm a, I am the Thurston P. Howell the (laughs) third from Gilligan's Island. I could be the millionaire and his wife who went astray on a three-hour cruise. <laughs> and I could be on that island with, was it Mary Ann and the Skipper mm-hmm. and, of course, Gilligan. And they could be Ginger playing too. that part. Yeah. yeah. But the difference is today, if you had a million bucks, if you were actually following Wall Street's rules, congratulations, you can pull about 40 grand a year off your money. That's and it? so think about that real quick. And we'll, we'll, we'll think about that. 40, so 000? you're a millionaire. So we've accomplished this terminology of being Thurston P. Howe the third. <laughs> we are from Gilligan's Island. We are millionaires. And yet we can pull 40 grand a year. And I hope you're scribbling up your nose as you hear that. I hope you're feeling a little like, really? That's, that's not that's rich. All, that, a millionaire, that's all millionaires get. Yeah. And that's the problem. And so the issue is that over time, uh, things have changed things. So when we look at what it takes to be rich, so what it takes to feel rich, I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't have anything to do with a certain amount of money. Hmm. It has to do with the amount of income you get. That's all it boils down to. My grandfather, who, by the way, he passed away in 1999. He had over $10,000 a month that came in as income for him. That was how long ago now? Almost 20 20 years years ago? Yeah. 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago, he had that kind of money. Now, what would that kind of money be like today? Oh, he didn't care. You know why? He had cost of living adjustments. Mm. His money was always worth more. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because over time, inflation can eat our funds. So when we hear the term a million dollars, what does it take to feel rich? It's not about a certain amount of money. It's about how much income you have to spend on the things you want to do. That's the whole point. But when you have a chance to do things and where you have income coming in, life is very, very different. If it can grow with the cost of inflation, then you truly are rich. Think about it. If you just had the opportunity and do this for a second, if you could have $3,000 a month coming in every single month, what would you do with that? Would you buy a yacht like you, what you may think that a millionaire would do? Eh, maybe not. Would you go buy a bazillion dollar home? Eh, probably not. No. But if you had $3,000 coming in every single month, bar none, would you be able to do some things that you may be not doing right now? Maybe. Well, sure. Yeah. So what it is, is it's not about an amount of money. 
It's about an actual income amount. Hmm. So think about this. What if you owned four or five rental properties that really weren't amounted to very much money? Maybe they're 30 grand a piece. So you don't have a whole bunch of, of rental property value. But what if they gave you $1,000 a month of income? Okay. Oh. So now we start to see why real estate people, people that have invested in real estate, make more money than the rest of us long term. It has created more millionaires than almost anyone else out there. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. The problem is real estate comes with headaches. Mm -hmm. It comes with hassles. You got to have renters. <laughs> you got to <laughs> evict people. They punch holes in walls. They screw up your toilets. They do all these things that we don't want to deal with on Sunday mornings, much less any other time. And so the idea is when we think about it, what would we need to do to be a millionaire? How do we stop worrying about money? Well, if we don't want to own a whole bunch of real estate and we haven't saved a million dollars, what do we need to focus on? Ladies and gentlemen, the answer is simple. If you want to feel like a millionaire, make sure that you create income streams that exceed all of your expenses. That's it. Period. Hmm. Barna, you will feel like a millionaire if you simply do that. Forget what the word a million means, the numerical value. Think about what you think a millionaire should have. Because here's what I do ask millionaires, because we got a thousand of these people that we deal with every single time we teach classes. They're always in the rooms. They're always saying, hey, but John, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it's all very simple in how we teach them. We teach the people that are worth $30 million, no different than the, we teach the people that want to be the first millionaire. It's all the same. The whole point is understand what we need to have in order to be able to shut it all down. Income. We have to have an income because even if we have the house paid off, even if the cars are all done, even if the dog's going to be fed for a while, <laughs> even after all these things happen, we still have to have something to pay the property taxes, the LG&E bills, and all those things. Mm -hmm. And that requires an income. If you want to feel like a true millionaire, be debt-free potentially. But the main thing is just have enough income coming in that you don't have to work for and still generate that income to pay the bills. That's how you do it. And there are so many ways to do it. You can own real estate. You can consider investing in other corporations or companies. Do you have any idea, Jennifer, how many clients I have that have invested in like Texas Roadhouse? They get percentage ownerships in Texas Roadhouses hmm. or other businesses like that or franchises. Huh. And they make 30, 40, $50,000 a year off of small investments that over time turn into large amounts of income. Wow. Now they can't control that. They can't go get a free steak anytime they <laughs> Okay, no the discounts there, darn no, it. No, you can get free peanuts, but if <laughs> after a few days of coming in, they're probably going to kick you out. But the idea is, is those things exist where you can invest in something very solvent, very honest, where you can actually get income streams. There are other things out there that, because who knows if that, that franchise is going to last forever. I happen to think they're pretty good. Depends on what you think. But there are other things out there that can actually ensure or even guarantee that income stream so that when you put those dollars in and you invest those monies, it can provide you that income stream forever. But wow. if you want to feel like, who cares what a million dollars is? If you want to feel like a millionaire or better, even if you are a millionaire, how would you like to feel even better by knowing the income that you need to live your life is completely taken care of so that everything else you do is just gravy. That is the power of what we used to think a millionaire was, that Thurston P. Howell the third concept. We can do it for real now. We can make it better, but we don't have to have a million dollars to get that feeling. But we got to start somewhere. And if we don't know where we are today, that's where we start. Find out where we are today and then figure out what we need to do to get to the next level. Learn more about how to get to that next level. You can always drop us an email with your questions for John or connect with us on Facebook. You can find us there by doing a search for Retirement Solution Radio with John Hicks. 
Connect with us at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.